0: it takes money to build anything meaningful. Uh, whether you're building a nonprofit, whether you're building a church, whether, whether you're building a production agency or anything, like for it to, to live, it takes money. Hello and welcome back to the BeRad podcast. I'm your host, Brad Watanabe, and today we are chatting again with Mauna Burgess. We talk all about turning your passion into your profession, which is something that's going to unlock your career. Hope this episode is valuable for you. And without further ado, let's get into the show. If you're not working, you're losing money.
1: That's Half the time you're on your mantra. phone, and I think you're on Facebook or something, and then uh Little t- thing about me is I like looking on everybody's screens and I like, oh, it looks like you're working on something. <laughs> I'm always surprised you're always working on something. Work is
0: one of those things that you never stop doing once you start running the company.
1: Yeah, people ask me, oh, why don't you start your own business, Paula It's like, you see that guy? That's why. He's like walking in. You're like walking into telephone poles half the time. Emails, emails, emails. That's, you, you got to build a hard head in this industry.
0: That's one way to do it. You just keep walking into Pulse. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. So today we're talking about business. Um, I think one of the questions that I'm asked more than anything else, whether it's at a career day mm. at an elementary school where they have to ask you how much money you make. Oh, right. Or a high school that's just like, how do you, how do you actually do this for, for a living? Because people are like, I, I want to do this. I want to be social media and Instagram and all these things. Mm. And they're like... But money is the missing factor. Money is always the thing that kind of separates the people that are doing this for fun yeah, and yeah, the people yeah. that are doing this for a living.
1: Yeah, that's the big question. Um, How do you make money doing what you what you love doing or what you're passionate about?
0: Yeah. And, yeah. and honestly, I think it transcends just past the video world. It gets into every sector because every every industry builds business and it requires money to build business.
1: Right, 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 right.
0: Um, but you've you've had your own experiences coming out of school and, like, figuring out what was next for you. Like, what was some of the motivators even for you?
1: Oh, Lord. So, well, when you go to film school, right, they they try to convince you that you're all directors. Like, you're all the next Steven Spielbergs coming out. And uh, and I, I always say this. Like, I wish they taught us the business side. And I wish there was a marketing aspect to any video program. Because the truth is, 99% of us are going to work in some marketing field, you know? Like, mm-hmm. thinking about our what our skill set as products, you know, that what we do, our services, mm-hmm. was such a foreign concept to me, and it was really, like, disillusioning finding out that, you know, all the movies, they're considered assets, like, they're Hollywood assets. They're businesses, you know? Mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg is making money, you know? And he Definitely. uses a lot of artistic skill sets within that but at the same time if the studio doesn't see a return on it they're not going to produce it for sure yeah and so it it was really weird like kind of kind of trying to shift how i thought about you know shooting videos shooting photos and it's like oh man i have all these scripts and stories i want to tell and now it's like uh oh i also want to buy a house and have a kid and (laughs) yeah i also got to make money like i'd love to just sit around making short films all day but Got to pay the bills, you know?
0: I think that's actually where my path deviated from a lot of other people. Mm. I I never wanted to make short films. I never wanted to make the things just for fun. I remember back in school, a buddy of mine was in the film program at Loyola Marymount, Mm. and his projects were to grab 8mm or 16mm camera and tell a story that he wrote um scripted got talent got did did all those fun things and like make his own little short film right 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 and i was like dude i i have no interest in making something for no reason at all Mm -hmm. Uh, that's like the asian side of me that's like this has to have a purpose like if this doesn't have any other motivator (laughs) other than just for fun that's not what you're at college to do Right. Like right, something right. inside of me was like, you're at college so that you can find a job or at least create a pathway for mm-hmm. some kind of financial success.
1: Right. Um, and. Well, you went to school for graphic design. I did. And then you kind of wanted to get into animation. Yep. Yeah. You know. But it was always like, I wanted to work for
0: Pixar. I wanted mm-hmm. to design for Sony, or like I had some kind of a career aspiration mm-hmm. that was more than just like I want to learn how to make this look cool I um, see. and that artistic drive i don't I don't think was really a part of my DNA or just the structure of my my framework you mm. know growing
1: up I think you know that's an interesting like insight like graphic design by nature almost you're you're designing something for someone else, yeah. You know, it's like making movie posters yep. or the Campbell's can label, you know. Yep. But that's what I always thought was a huge misstep with the film film schools mm. is they're teaching you to try to be the next Spielberg. Yeah. You know, and they never teach you like, hey, if you wanna make a commercial, if you're trying to make a documentary, mm. find a market. You should take marketing, you know. Um yeah. it's very like it's like taking sculpting. Mm. You know, the way they approach it and and I get it, you know. If you're an artist, that's awesome being an artist. But most of us don't have that luxury, mm. and so I just wish that like they kind of clued us in, like you can use this skill set to build a career and make money and be an artist in your own way. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Ugh. I I do see that even
0: even within the film programs here locally, um, their their final senior theses are always narrative films I, I think there's also documentary paths right. but I'd love it if they had a commercial path I'd love it if they had like a specific marketing driven mm-hmm. like production pathway so you could learn the craft that actually exists in Hawaii mm-hmm. um, so a lot of the students who come out of the program are having to kind of refigure out how to use that skill set to sell a product which is not really something they're comfortable with not that they couldn't do it but it takes like a whole shift in the way that they think about this uh, artistic skill set that they've you know spent
1: 4 years trying to hone. Right. Right, right, right. The focus is always on what they want to do, the stories they want to tell. Mm-hmm. And it's like the the same movies that they're like holding up in front of us as a carrot, uh, they're made for audiences. Mm-hmm. You know, these artists are making products that are going to be bought. And mm-hmm. so the the very thing that they're trying to source as like inspiration for us. Mm-hmm our products yeah. but they present it to us like these art pieces you know mm-hmm. so, i mean it's kind of funny i think there's a certain like snobbishness or something like mm. there's also a self like a sense of self importance mm. when you work on those kind of projects and even if they're uh, they're not going to make any money it's just being on set, and you've casted all these people, and you feel very important. Mm-hmm. But I I would have loved it if my, my senior thesis was, like, make something that gets picked up. Mm. You know, like, make something that gets shared out by somebody on Instagram, you know. Yep. Like, or make yep. something that could be in, in line with that. Make something that Nike would want to buy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but everything is very, like... Ethereal and artistic, or funny. Mm. and it's kind of a. I, I still think it's a pretty big misstep. No,
0: yeah, I think that is one of the big like internal um, paradigm shifts that we all have as creatives. We have to kind of balance this notion of wanting to create beautiful art, artistic pieces, mm-hmm. with this reality that we have to create something that's marketable and sellable. Whether that is a feature film or that's a commercial, or a documentary, Like no matter what, every project has to get funded in some way, Mm -hmm. whether that's a camera rental, or talent, or any of those things. They have to have a way of making money. So there has to be a value asset, or value proposition in making that thing. Um, And it's often left out of the conversation because a lot of people have this notion that if you focus, on the money making aspect of it or the commercial, you know, sustainability of it, you kind of lose the integrity of the artistic intention. Mm. Um, and that is, I think that's something that every creative in every discipline will struggle with at some point in their career. Um, this Mm. notion of Mm. selling out is, is a huge like black eye to the soul. Like you never want to feel like you're selling yourself or your art. Um, that that some way degrades you as a creative um you know intentional creative Mm -hmm. artist but at the same time realizing that by having the right funding by having the right clients it actually unlocks you to create even more magnificent art than you could have created without that
1: yeah for sure
0: yeah i mean the reason why michael bay can make transformers 25 is because he has funding to do that and there's a consistent audience that wants to support that and watch that and get lost in those films Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's the poetry that you know is inside his soul Mm. but there's a definite market and a definite upside to him making those things over and over and over Mm
1: -hmm. i mean you look at a artist like uh, christopher nolan Mm -hmm. i mean um I think it would be selling out if he started to use Michael Bay cinematography, Mm. you know. But, I mean, he did Batman. Mm -hmm. Not all of his stories are like complete mind screwing (laughs) movies. You know, some of them are really entertaining, but they're they're his work, you know. And so um, Jeremy Snell comes to mind in this conversation Mm. here. And so, you know, he was probably one of the most uh, talented dudes coming out of ACM. And he had a very particular style. And he got picked up for a lot of projects, shooting in that style. But their projects were like Hawaii Tourism (laughs) Authority, you know. Um, And so he told other people's stories, but in his style, in his technique. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that kind of drives me crazy. Like Even the best artists, the best directors, they're telling somebody else's story. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think the whole, like, artistic integrity... I mean, if you're really a classic artist, then I think that really applies to you. Mm -hmm. But even classic artists, like if you want to be a successful artist, not just an artist, you can be an artist and do it in your garage Mm. and not have anybody buy your stuff. And that's fine. But I think the the question we're talking about is how do you make money with your art? Mm -hmm. And I think the the bottom line is you got to get over yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And I mean, Jeremy is a great example because he does have his own passion projects with the charity waters of the world oh, and, and all of the you know human interest stories that he likes to capture. So he has his own personal outlet to go and investigate and find himself and his style and techniques, mm-hmm. hone that craft really well so that when he comes to his commercial work for Apple and Facebook and all those places, he can actually take all of that he's learned bring in some of his personal style, adhere them to the Apple brand and, and understand that, um, they, they, though they want Jeremy's taste and aesthetic and framing composition, those types of things, color science, um, they're also going to want an Apple piece, Facebook piece. And he's been able to blend that well, like better than most people that I've seen come out of Hawaii in a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that has to do with the fact that he's he's been all over the world, grew up internationally, and, and has seen things from a different different lens, right, all his life, and right. that's that's bled into like a lot of his personality, um, his just his character as a as a as a dude, um, but yeah, he's he's been able to do that really really well,
1: right, and then I think his passion projects help influence the projects he would get because I noticed a lot of his stuff is like advocating for people who typically don't have a, yep. a voice in the community. And yeah. so, you know, it's also been interesting watching him evolve over time, mm-hmm. you know, and without the commercial projects, how can he fund his fashion projects? You mm-hmm. know, and so it's it's interesting, like, how they go together. Mm-hmm. But the idea, like, I feel like at the same time, he hasn't really sacrificed any of his artistic integrity, mm. yep. you know. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat>
0: and and that's that's one of the places that I like to just kind of encourage young filmmakers, young photographers, designers like it's important to have a voice, it's important to have an opinion, but it's also important to understand that when you're trying to aspire to be an artist professionally, yeah. You're you're having to learn and craft a style for somebody else's brand voice, um all all of these other things that that you had already mentioned. And th- Understanding how to do that well mm-hmm. is is probably one of the biggest, most difficult tasks that that you take on. Mm. It's it's way harder to design like a brand who's been around for a hundred years than it is to just go and make something up that you think looks cool. Oh yeah, um, yeah yeah. yeah. And, and you hear it all the time. The limitations is what drives creativity for sure. Yeah. Uh, but but those are hugely important points in the narrative of being a creative and the mm-hmm. people who do it the best and have I think the most successful careers are those people who can do the both simultaneously mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. have a sense of style have a sense of, of voice and taste and be able to distinctly see that within a brand within like their own like style and um like you can tell when Michelle Gondry does a music video or a commercial. Mm. You can tell when Fincher touches any project. Like it has their fingerprints on it, mm-hmm. yet it's, it, it belongs to somebody else's campaign as right. well. Right. And, and that is, I think, the poetry that a lot of people are trying to find. Because then you get to marry your artistic abilities mm-hmm. with your need, every human's need, to actually fund their life right just pay the pay the mortgage or get your next meal i mean that's a huge part of our life story
1: mm-hmm. that gondry video that was the the apple video where like the walls come apart and it's they're dancing and stuff right
0: he has a he has a very um kind of a unique um technique uh, and style he actually was one of the first people to make an all iphone created commercial back when the iphone i forget which version it was that came out but Huge director in the music video industry and um yeah he he does some amazing work.
1: I see. Yeah. I was thinking about what is that dude is something Jones. Spike Jones? <clears throat> Spike Jones. Yeah. That's who made that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah the yep. Apple one, right? hmm And so I mean, it's it's interesting to think like if you're an artist and just making an art piece, I'm sure you would get a lot of views. hmm But with the power of Apple behind him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't know how many views that video got, but I watched it like a ton of times. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even known who he was mm. if not for that commercial, mm. you know. And then it like opened me up to his whole collection of work. But mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting, you know. Like as an artist, who are you creating for? Mm. But you know, I think this goes like way bigger too. Like, um, so Calopico, um. The fashion yeah. brand. Fashion brand. Yep. and they're, Sustainable,
0: three girls building this thing.
1: Right. And so there are these three gals that um, were like super Hawaiian plants and Hawaiian culture and wanted to do a lot of storytelling on that. A, couple, a bunch of them, they're just up in the mountains every day, up in the high forest. They wanted to tell the story of their plants. And so by creating a fashion business, um, they're, like, able to, like, spread their message to the world, you know. Mm. And so, yeah, we, well, you know, but for the audience, uh, we just finished um, doing a video series on their collaboration with Hawaiian Airlines. And so, like, their fashion design is on all of their amenity kits. And and so they're really able to, like, 100X their storytelling yeah. through their business, through yep. their commercial endeavors. yeah. And so, I mean, I think by, by, by thinking of like art as just something that you like, Mm -hmm. one is really selfish Mm. and two, it doesn't actually, you won't impact anybody. Mm. Like if your idea is to impact somebody with what you're trying to create, like it's kind of a stifling way to do it. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and honestly, there's, there's more than one way to make money. With this thing, it's not all commercial endeavors. It's not all like finding clients necessarily. I mean, I, I love that there are so many different ways to unlock finances. Um, and even back to the classic painters, right? They mm-hmm. would get commissioned to do art pieces. Mm-hmm. But even those pieces were for a specific family or gallery or whatever that was. But they were commissioned. They were paid to do a piece of art in their own style. hmm But that was actually for particular audience, a buyer or whatever. I mean, most of those
1: artists, their most famous pieces are commissioned.
0: Yeah. Nowadays, we have things like Patreon. We have things like uh, Vimeo OTT. We have all Mm. of these ways that creators can now finance their art through patrons. Mm -hmm. But even in that, like, it's not just I'm gonna make whatever I want to make, and you better you better like it and support me. Right. Because that kind of attitude actually doesn't, you know. It, it it doesn't actually attract patrons. Mm-hmm. It probably detracts them because oh, yeah. you're trying to actually help that group of people who become your loyal fans and friends and family. Mm-hmm. And so it requires this give and take of I'm creating something with somebody else in mind rather than just purely my own initiatives and and goals and desires. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge, I think, unlocking um and, and, and I think that actually is really big to unlock your creative potential and um, the future of your your artwork.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a big thing. I I had to unlearn and then learn, like, when I came to work here, is I had to unlearn this very selfish, like, snobbish kind of attitude. It's like, oh, this is how I do things and da-da-da-da-da. And then as I started to figure out how do brands want things cut, and then, more importantly for me, is like mm-hmm. how am I gonna do it so that it's still my kind of edit? Mm-hmm. So what what I really like about what we do over here is we have a really particular style that people who do this all the time can recognize. Mm-hmm. Like like people have told you, like, oh, I know you edited that. I know you did that spot. You know, um, and the and and so we have a very particular style. But it also feels really like their brand's video, which I'm really proud about. Like when we do a Hawaiian Airlines Mm. video, it's Hawaiian Airlines, but it's also something that I cut or that you shot. And just through the way it's cut and shot, people can see our style and Mm. technique through it. Mm. And I mean, for me, that's what I've been working on as an artist for the last few years. It's kind of mixing those two together. So I know it's possible. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I I think what what I'm hoping to dispel Mm. is this notion that being um, incentivized by commercial um, partnerships or marketing opportunities or understanding that the financial Mm. aspect of what we do, um, dispelling the notion that that's bad. Right. or that's inherently unartistic mm-hmm. um, and that you can't have authentic, beautiful, meaningful pieces of art that you work really hard to sell. Um, and and mm. the idea is that we're building a company. We're building something that's more than just for fun, just, just a hobby. Um, and in order to do that, it, it takes the initiative to build something that is responsibly, sustainably going to grow right? Um, and and continue to allow us to expand this group, this family as well. Mm-hmm. So finances are a key part of that. Oh, yeah. And to, yeah. to build anything, it takes capital. And, and it, to, to find capital, we got to kind of repeat that cycle. You mm-hmm. make amazing products that people hopefully want to utilize and and build for, for their their marketing purposes or whatever. And you do it all over again. Right. Um, right, right, right. But it right. becomes a machine of creative discipline and, and artistic um, storytelling. And that's the kind of business that, that we're trying to build here. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I'm reading this book. Um, it's about photography. And so he'll talk about, like, he want to go to Prague. Hmm. And so... Along the way, he'll select certain places that he'll know he got a really nice photo out of, and he'll plan out his whole trip to get those few shots. And it says, I'm getting these shots because I know they're sellable. Mm. You know, there are tour books, there's tourism agencies that will buy these from me, and it'll pay for my whole trip. Mm. You know, and he's an incredible photographer. Mm-hmm. and And so I find that, like, the best artists, the ones that are still around, past five years are the ones that understand like to do my art I need to make money doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think he goes in thinking like, Oh, I'm gonna shoot a photo that's super commercial and da 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 da. I mean it's a beautiful landscape. He's shooting it according to his artistic integrity, but at the same time at least there's a payoff. Mm. But you know, there's a lot of guys that ask me these kind of questions, like um I had a friend that uh, well, he used to work here, and then he left to to like follow fight photography, and he's very very passionate about that. And I gave him a few tips. I think he gave him a few tips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But he's wow. doing it. He's doing. He's doing well. He's
0: he's connected with some fighters. He's mm-hmm. traveling a bit. Mm-hmm. Doing some really cool things. Yeah, he's
1: really expanding into it. Yeah. It. Yeah, but I remember when he left, I told him. Uh, You gotta find who who's got the money, Mm -hmm. like that's the most important thing. And you gotta figure out how you how do you get on their radar. Like if you really wanna do this for a long time, um, and professionally, like buy a house out of this. I mean, you have to try to get. At at first, you know, Mm -hmm. I think he was looking at the fighters. I was like, Mm -hmm. the fighters aren't gonna have enough money to support. Your whole career. Mm-hmm. So it's like, look at UFC, look at these different organizations, and then I see that same thing with a lot of like nonprofits coming up. They have this really great idea for the community, and it's like, okay, now you need to figure out what organizations are going to give you money mm. to do those activities, you know? Mm. But it's it's really interesting that um, uh, you know, artists, creatives, people who are really passionate, like. Money, <laughs> yeah. money powers it all, buddy. Like you have to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. You know? And and
0: the reality is, dude, it's it's not like we're we're Mister Moneybags over here. That's that's actually not not the case. It's mm-hmm. not like we're we're rolling in all kinds of money. It just we realize that it takes money to build anything meaningful. Mm. Uh, whether you're building a nonprofit, whether you're building a church, whether whether you're building a production agency or anything like. For it to to live, it takes money. For you to have a family, it takes money. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's been one of the, like, kind of weird things that people don't want to talk about, mm. um, as, as if it somehow corrupts them. I see. And and so it's it's actually, I think, healthy to talk about some of the money matters that go into business building Mm -hmm. Um, and the more we talk about it i think the more other people want to join in that conversation and ask the questions of like how do you actually go about it how do you how do you find clientele like how do you do your books how do you make sure that um your your insurance is covered and your taxes are good and i mean like there's so much that revolves around that green piece of paper Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and and without a good holistic understanding that that is required at a fundamental part of business is is to slap the whole thing in the face Mm. um Mm -hmm. so i mean i think it's really actually healthy to to think about this in a strong and meaningful way because it shows how much you value the craft that you're actually making
1: right and and then i think it gets even more to the point like if you want to get how do i put this like if i'm trying to create a piece of art i want it to impact somebody like i'm not just going to make it so that I'm gonna see it. I want people to see it, and I wanna leave an impression. I want them to do something. And if I can't do that well enough to get paid for it, like like I guess I, I would say even like trying to make money off of it will make you work even harder as an artist to make sure that that lands, you know? Mm-hmm. Like uh, like Kealo Pico, their idea is sharing all of these things, they can't just run the same patterns for mm-hmm. years. They have to actually research and find new rare plants and figure out how to print them. Like, it takes a lot of work for them to do their passion project really well mm-hmm. so that they can get paid for it. I mean, the fashion industry changes, like, what, three times a year? So they're constantly researching more and more plants, doing more advocacy. You know, And so the money aspect actually makes them way better as an artist. Like, mm. if we weren't getting paid for all of these projects and for me i don't know if i would have evolved mm. but it was like having big clients on our shoulders looking over our shoulders that was like man i gotta bring my a game i better look and research and figure out what we're gonna do i remember we do commercial projects and i'll just spend like a whole week just trying to figure out the lighting setup, mm. just to get it just right you mm-hmm. know and i mean i don't know if maybe i'm just a lazy guy you know what I mean? but I feel like the money aspect <laughs> really pushes you mm. to becoming the best artist you could possibly be.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and the rea- the flip side to that reality is, if you're billing somebody five hundred dollars an hour, or fifteen hundred dollars, or five thousand dollars an hour, you better be good at what you do. Yeah, like you better be an amazing artist. <laughs> yeah, because that's what they're hiring you to to be. Right. Um, because as as the marketing chair for that business, they're not the ones. Who are touching cameras every mm-hmm. single day like they're paying you to be the expert mm-hmm. so you better be good at that craft right. right um so it becomes a motivator for you to become even better at what you're doing yeah, uh, yeah because yeah, it, it yeah. actually validates and gives a value to to your what you do and, and how much you're worth how much your time is worth mm-hmm. so yeah I, I i love that that it unlocks you and it forces you mm-hmm. to be even even more creative, even more artistic.
1: You know, that's why I like coming back. I like coming back to the nonprofit idea because, I, well, I've seen it. My mom wrote, writes grants and has run nonprofits, but it's very much like a piece of film where you start with an idea. Mm-hmm. And then you ask, is, this really, is there really a need? And so then you have to do research and you have to prove that there's a need. And as you're doing that, you're finding out like, Oh, there's a need for empowerment of native peoples, specifically for women fifteen to twenty three, you know, and they're having problems getting to college. And and as you do that process of trying to figure out, okay, so who are the people that's gonna give me money for this empowerment idea? You know, it's so like what are what do they need? They want jobs, so oh maybe we'll have trainers, you know, and we'll do cohort classes and we can show that you know these many people got helped, but like through the idea of asking how do we sell this to like oha or to the state like the the idea gets sharpened mm. and the program comes out way more powerful mm-hmm. and it becomes this powerful machine mm-hmm. and it's super. Uh, is very much the same like in the video mm. you know by thinking about know, well, not just our client but the audience that they're their um marketing too mm-hmm. it's like what is the story like we do a lot of tourism and mm-hmm. that's been really interesting for me as someone who grew up here and then having to put on the perspective of someone who didn't grow up here mm-hmm. and it's like what is it that makes Hawaii special mm. how do I bring that to life you know and by thinking of the other yeah it just makes everything that I do so much more powerful like there are pieces that I'm like super proud of yeah that we did for hotels yeah you know, and it just captured the idea of aloha, the idea of travel, meeting people. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty happy doing commercial yeah. work. Yeah.
0: And I think for you, it's, it's even more personal because you've been a part of this Hawaiian um, kingdom and like this, this is a part of who you are, like your, your bloodline, your DNA, all of those things, mm-hmm. uh, which might've in, initially had some tension between right. what kind of stories you want to tell and, like, not sharing certain things or, like, you, you know, I, I know that there's been times where you've even struggled with the right way to tell stuff. Oh, yeah. But by being yeah. empowered through these things, like, it hones your craft and your ability to think about them Right. even better. Right. right um, so right. they're told the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that takes... I mean, for the for for you, that actually took these commercial projects, oh yeah, rather than the personal projects. Yeah, so not
1: not Hawaiian King though. Oh, Hawaiian, Hawaiian sovereignty. Hawaiian sovereignty, <laughs> which we're rebranding, right? This rooted Hawaii. We're freaking that out. But anyways, yeah. But even through those challenges, yeah. it actually sharpened my my other arguments yeah. for those cases. So you know, like the commercial aspect, it presents a lot of challenges, mm-hmm. and I think that's why a lot of people. <laughs> don't like thinking about commercial, like the commercial viability of their ideas. Mm. So, like, uh, I'm writing a script now on a Hawaiian folk hero. Yeah. You know, and but I'm writing it so that Disney will pick it up. You know, I'm writing it so that my daughter would actually want to watch it. You know, and by, by doing it that way, rather than just trying to tell the stories I want to tell, um it's so much better than a lot of the other stuff i wrote it's not great mm-hmm. but at least it's finished at least it's entertaining mm-hmm. and it still has the principles and the ideas mm-hmm. and my style behind it but um it, it's because I've, i i formatted it trying to think about the other person about who's yeah. going to be watching this
0: yeah yeah, yeah. And, and realizing sometimes the movie we want to make is the movie that we want to watch that nobody in the world will ever want to watch. Oh yeah, and and it like completely destroys all the work that you put into it. Yeah. So understanding audience, understanding behavior, all of those things actually make you a better filmmaker.
1: Yeah, I, I had to get over the idea of like, if you don't want to watch this, then you're the idiot. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, no, I'm the idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so to to think that my perspective is like better than anybody's, mm. that's just that was just dumb. Yeah. But I
0: almost think that that's how we're taught to think about this craft like from the very beginning like it's about your story write it down make sure that it's it's clear and like go storyboard it out and go make that that vision come Mm -hmm. to life Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that but um
1: that's that's not the way we live life no no Yeah. yeah, yeah every artist depends on their patrons yeah, and if you're YouTube art, if you're a YouTube artist, it's every person that clicks your video. You know? mm. And if you're a filmmaker, I mean, they do like audience testing mm-hmm. on how characters are being received yep. as they're shooting the film. Yeah, you know? exactly. so that they can change it halfway through.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, imagine if Schindler's List was written and like seven people saw it. Right. Um, like right. it wouldn't have the impact that it it does today because it had. Uh, an audience in mind it, mm-hmm. it had some commercial viability it had all of those things right and right. that might have not been their intention and and honestly there is also this kind of duality to this um where money isn't the primary motivator mm. yes um yes. and i think that's where people get caught up in this like dude if you're just doing this for the money then you're probably not going to make anything meaningful either i i would agree with that yeah too though yeah you know. and so i i think that there is this this tension that we have to hold with mm-hmm. the integrity of the information and the piece and the the kuleana the responsibility we have with that mm-hmm. so that it's not just oh how can i make this money dig out and then hand over a product yeah um yeah. kind of that the marriage of even that concept is super duper important but it has to also be financially viable right Right. right, right. Um, and, and so there's a lot of people first, especially when they're first getting started, who are willing to make things super duper cheap. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've done the same to start off my career, mm-hmm. but understanding that that's not um, a, a sustainable business model, but having the wherewithal to know that you have to change that business model to grow or to to actually continue on Mm -hmm. if you want to continue making that stuff yeah 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 yeah. and that's where the rubber meets the road like it money can't be your only goal but it also can't be outside of the conversation
1: yeah 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 and so I think you know um especially I guess or to me like looking at like the wedding industry Mm. uh like the photo video side You can kind of tell the wedding shooters who just are trying to take as many projects so they can make money Mm. versus the guys who actually love doing it. Mm. You know, the way they tell the stories, the way their website looks, the way they behave with the couples Mm -hmm. is so much different Mm -hmm. than the guys who come in in full black suits. You know, like, move, get out of my way. Okay. Okay, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, You know, so I, I used to shoot with this guy, Mike. And we would stay all the way to the end and make sure that um, we say goodbye. He, he would bring us all to say goodbye to every single person on the bridal part. You know what I mean? Like, mm. he really cared about doing mm. those stories. And um, versus I, I've seen other wedding shooters where it's like, it's like any other event. Yeah. They're in, they're out, and it's done. Yep. And that's what I like about what we do here is that We don't pick up every project
0: Mm.
1: like I see say no to a lot of stuff and we do the projects that we love Mm -hmm. the stories that we believe in and I think that's what makes our our videos I don't know if they're like the best of anything but I enjoy making them our clients really like the product you Mm -hmm. know and I think that's part of the secret sauce but yeah yeah that's a that's a good Thing you just picked up on there. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty smart. Uh, I don't
0: know if it's smart. I think it's just something that that along the way, one of those things that that stick with you for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, money is is one of the things that I get asked about a lot because it is the the linchpin between whether or not your business succeeds or fails, whether mm-hmm. it's a hobby or it's a career. So that will unlock everybody's ability mm. to do this for real. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it is it is a present, an ever present part of the conversation. Whenever I talk to young people, whenever I talk to people who are tr- transitioning in their career, going from working at an agency to starting their own business, hmm. um, or, or people that are, are fellow entrepreneurs asking how we do it. Not that we do it any better, but I'm sure we do it differently. So it's, yeah, I'm I'm glad that it's a conver- conversation piece. Right. That people are starting to just really lean into uh, because gosh for I mean, for a long time it's it's been so taboo. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm glad that people are opening up about it.
1: Yeah. I think it, I I like that. Like money shouldn't be your primary motivator. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true, but it it can't not be part of the conversation. Yeah. Um, I, I read that, I forget where I got this thing, but it talked about how to be a successful artist. I mm. said, you got to wear three hats. One hat mm. is the artist, the other hat is the editor, and the last hat is the agent. Mm. And you see a lot of creatives screw up because they refuse to take one of the hats off. Mm. And uh, you see agencies screw up when they put like two artists and an editor, but no agent. Mm. <laughs> you know, but like basically the artist is like, how do I? how do i put my style and my voice into this piece the editor is saying how can i make this better how can i improve Mm. and the agent is okay now how do i sell it Mm -hmm. you know and i i think that's a pretty interesting like divvy of it like a third of my time is trying to do what i want to do another third is researching asking for help like Hey, is this the right song, Brad? I, I mm-hmm. still ask you that. Is this the right song? Is this too fast of an edit? Is there a better shot? You know. Mm. And then the last third, I think, is how to make money off of it. How making sure that it's appropriate to the brand, to the messaging of the brand. Mm. And I think for you and other successful artists, like that's pretty. It's not the primary motivator. That's not mm-hmm. why I come into work every day. But mm-hmm. I understand that that's what lets me yeah you wouldn't today.
0: you wouldn't be coming here if i didn't pay you
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: that's the truth right yeah right so it's yeah. it's important to keep those things in balance Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah i think there's a balance there's for sure really balance. i don't think there's a, a right answer between mm-hmm. art and money yeah but i think there's the right balance between the two for mm-hmm. sure
0: yeah right on um and just, just a couple of things if, if people are really tactile and, and need some takeaways. Mm. I mean, some of the ways that we think about finances are simply money in has to be greater than the money that goes out. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to make sure that you pay yourself first. That's a huge part of this equation. Um, if you want to make a salary that you are making... At your prior job like you have to factor that in you mm-hmm. have to give yourself a paycheck um you got to make sure that everybody else gets gets paid a, a decent amount gets paid on time uh, and you got to make sure that you're working with clientele that value the thing that you provide right um that you can only unique you uniquely provide that's different from everybody else when you find that particular set of clients that Mm -hmm. they get that you hang on to them with all you can rather than trying to find a hundred clients that are willing to pay you you know a few things here and there yeah finding those right partner brands that love what you provide that that see the right amount of value in the thing the the assets the the collateral that you build Mm -hmm. um and you, you try not to let go of them because it's hard to find those key companies right like we got right, a lot right. of people asking hey you got this one-off project hey we want to come in and just shoot this interview or whatever and i'm like we, we could but i don't i don't want to like we, we we can do it you know technically right there's nothing wrong with making it but I, i'd rather invest my time in 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 partnering with the businesses who get it mm. and, and who want to stick it out in the long haul with yeah, yeah i mean those are the businesses that i'm willing to to make it work with Sometimes they have all the, the right amount of budget. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have less budget for different projects. And those are the types of clients that I want to make sure that we maintain relationships with.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's a good clue is uh uh figure out what your niche is, hit that hard, charge high <laughs> so you don't burn yourself out. But you should be charging what you need. What's appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But uh, a lot of people are like, how much do I charge? How much do I charge? And it's like assigning these random numbers. Yeah. So if there's one really concrete tip I could give is, how much do you need to make a month? Mm-hmm. How many jobs can you do? And just divide it. Yeah. So if I got to make 10 grand a month, and I can do 10 jobs, then my average job has to get me a grand. Yeah. After taxes, after I pay everybody up. You know what I mean? And, uh, so if any of you are wondering how much to charge don't just start with a random number figure out what you actually need to make how much work you can do Mm -hmm. and then really evaluate how good you are yep yeah Yep. it's super important yeah
0: cool well i think that was a lot of good information um we're definitely gonna have to break this one out with with more detailed stuff coming up um We'll have some links to the references that help us out. Some of the books, some of the audio Mm. things, the podcasts that that I go to on a regular basis Mm -hmm. um, and find a lot of value in. Uh, So we'll link some of that stuff down below. Um, But I'd love to hear about the financial things that you guys do. Like, how, How do you go about building the infrastructure for your businesses and um, your clients all, all of those types of things and if you got any questions about how i structure brad studio how we got started any of those financial you know personal things um we can take that offline and, and try to have a conversation about that um but yeah this is a valuable valuable topic and, and i'm i'm hoping it it helps somebody oh yeah along the way
1: i hope it helps anybody yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and I've been I've been trying to like make this kind of my mantra for everything that we do but it, it's it's not that we're trying to be famous it's not that we're trying to be rich we're just trying to be helpful so if this YouTube channel if this podcast stuff is helpful at all then it's doing its job
1: yeah there we go
0: so that wraps it up for this episode of the b Podcast. I hope that was helpful for you at all. Um, financial things are always probably the biggest barrier to getting your business rolling. And, and even further, one of the hardest things to master to get you past, you know, first five years. If you've got any questions, definitely hit me up. I, I am not a financial guru, financial planner or any of that stuff. But um, I've, I've learned a couple of things along the way. If I can help out, I would love to do that. That wraps it up. Catch you on the next one. Aloha.